It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. And if you just stumble upon the show, Packer Report was created by Ray Nitschke back in 1972. He actually created Packer Report as Ray Nitschke's Pro Report before he retired. And I, and I mention this today because this is show number 66 of Locked On Packers, and of course, Ray Nitschke's number was number 66. So... Thought I'd throw that out for you, and if you didn't know, Pack Report members get 10% discounts on gear through Fanatics. You know what? I hate to say this. It's getting close to Christmas. So if you got a a Packers fan in your life, or you know what? Maybe you're, you got a friend who's a, a fan of the Cubs, and you want to get some World Series gear, or, or the Badgers, or whatever, go to Fanatics, use your Scout.com membership, and you save 10%. Good deal there. And plus, new and renewing members get sports annual members, that is, Get Sports Illustrated. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and the Android app. And please check out the rest of the Lockdown Network, which includes Lockdown NFL, Lockdown Fantasy, Lockdown Titans to get you ready for Sunday's game. If you're a basketball fan, we have a Lockdown podcast for every NBA team as well. And today is Matchups Thursday. As usual on Thursday, we will dissect the uh, upcoming opponents, offense, defense, and special teams. So that'll be second, third, and fourth downs. But first, it's first down and, dare I say, an encouraging injury report on Wednesday. Running back James Starks, who's missed the last four games, and tight end Jared Cook's missed the last five games, both practiced yesterday and did a considerable amount before practice. Um, Coach Pepper McCarthy said, we're going to cut them loose today, then tomorrow's the padded work, so that'll be the best indication on where they are. Obviously, those getting those guys react would be a big shot in the arm, and we'll get into into their importance here in a little bit when we get to the matchups. Also note, cornerback Demarius Randall officially listed did not participate. The reality is, is he was out in the field um, catching passes from a jugs machine, but not, not just catching passes, but I mean, he lined up as a corner, he'd backpedal, and then he would break left to right to go get the ball fired from the jugs machine. Um... Looked pretty good. I mean, he, he didn't, it, to me, it didn't look like he was going half speed on his cuts. It looked like he was going pretty well full speed. So I, I, I think a big day there for Randall. I don't, I'd be surprised if he plays this week, especially given the state of the Tennessee's um, passing offense, which, which we'll get into. But, you know, the fact that he was out there and gave it a pretty good workout yesterday, I think it's encouraging. Here's what he said when I talked to him yesterday. I was cutting pretty good. I was getting a feel for it and just taking it day by day. I'm just glad that everything is going as well as it's going. 
I'm pretty encouraged because it was another productive day. And here's the injury report from Wednesday. I think there's a ton of concern here, though. Um, the did not participate list, Latroy Guyon, TJ Lang, Clay Matthews, Randall, and J.C. Treader. Um, Guyon was not injury-related, so it must have been uh, something personal there. You know, this is going to be the story for, for Lang for probably the rest of the year with that hip problem he's got. It's going to, it's going to fight through it, going to have surgery at the end of the year, but he will um, take it easy through practice for the rest of the year. Um, Matthews, not sure about Matthews. Um, he had the setback with the hamstring at Friday's practice, or not on Friday's practice, but his setback on Friday with that. Um, Coach Mike McCarthy, excuse me, hadn't talked to him yet because of a very positive personal deal in his life. So that's usually co-work for maybe Clay Matthews as a dad. And then uh, Brandon's not going to play, and Trader's not going to play either, but Corey Lindsay played really well at center last week. So they're okay there. The guys who are limited, Cobb and Cook, Defensive back Micah Hyde with a shoulder. Quentin Rollins, who, who's coming back from that groin injury and played pretty well against the Colts last week, and Starks. I'm going to go back to Randall here for a minute. Something that's been said frequently, including by myself, have questioned whether the Packers made his injury worse by playing. Remember, um, Randall missed a game, missed the Giants game. He came back and played against Dallas. And re-injured that groin, and then he had surgery. So I, I mentioned that to Randall because he said he, at one point he said that he's, he's not going to rush things to get back. So then I asked, you know, did you is it you know did you learn something from the last time? He said that ain't got nothing to do with the last time. And then he explained that he was told that he's probably going to have to have surgery anyway, but he wanted to play through the injury regardless. And then he got, you know, then he had the re-injury against the Cowboys. I think it was the second quarter of that game. He had the re-injury, and so that basically just was confirmation that he, that he did, in fact, need surgery. So he's had the surgery. He's on his way back. But what I thought was interesting, I, I asked him why. I mean, why play when he needs surgery? And I mentioned, you know, T.J. Lang, same thing. I mean, if you were to sit out a game to rest that injury or, or you know, just or get the surgery done right away, I mean, no one, no one would look at you wrong or blame you. And he said, it's your will. You just hate to be on the sideline. It's just so devastating to not be able to play and just watching your teammates and your brothers out there grinding throughout the week and grinding out there on Sundays. So it's a, I'm going to do something. I think for the world's best preview, I want to probably do a combination. Demarius Randall, TJ Lang playing through pain. Because I, you know what? We, I think we take for granted these guys sometimes and, you know, they're, they're just guys, and they're they're supposed to be tough. They're supposed to play through pain because you're you know because that's what you do as a football player. You play through pain, but you know for TJ Lang to have a bad hip, I mean that's you think about a bad hip. I mean you're thinking what down the road hip replacement, all that kind of stuff. I mean to put your body on the line like these guys do. I, I just I just think it's really remarkable, and it's not just those two, and it's, it's not just a Packer thing. It's it's all around the league that what these guys do. Uh, you know, there, there's a re- <laughs> there's a reason why I write and they play football. It's their uh, their toughness and their heart and their just desire to not let anybody anybody down. It just I, I don't think it can be overstated. I know the Packers are on a three game road trip, but they got some really good home games coming up in December. Or maybe you want to go watch with the Badgers over at Camp Randall. Also, I'll tell you how to get there. Check out SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the football games you want to see up close and in person this season. 
There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to find the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. I had the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way I found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere in just a few taps. I can instantly find seats for this weekend or any game this season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced tickets and be able to find the best deals to fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate, first download, download the SeatGeek app, then go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Then enter my promo code LO Packers. That's L for locked, O for on, Packers, LO Packers. Then SeatGeek will send you 20 bucks after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LO Packers today. All right, on to the matchups for Sunday's noon game. God, I love noon games. <laughs> Especially with these back-to-back primetime games coming up against Washington and Philly after this. Noon Sunday at Tennessee. Titans are 4-5. and five. Let's start off with Green Bay's offense against Tennessee's defense here for second down. The Titans are led by D- Dick LeBeau. And if you think Dom Coordinators is... Dom Coordinators. <laughs> Dom Capers is old. Dick LeBeau is 79. He was the uh, Steelers' defensive coordinator when the Packers beat them in the Super Bowl a few years back. He blitzed then. He blitzes today. And that's the, the thing the Packers have to be worried about, especially on third down. Although I think Green Bay's, Green Bay's got a lot of experience up front. they got a lot of experience at quarterback. So I don't think the Packers are going to have a big issue with, with LeBeau's blitz packages. But you know, he's, he's, you know, even at 79, he's, he's got a lot of wrinkles, a lot of creativity. And the Packers are definitely wary about that. Um, the Titans enter this game. I mean, look, they're, they're not very good on defense. They're better than the Colts and Falcons were, but they're not very good. They're 22nd in points allowed at 25.1, 16th in yards allowed at about 357, and 20th in passing yards allowed at about 260 per game. Uh, wide receiver Jordy Nelson was asked about LeBeau. Obviously, Nelson had a big game against LeBeau's defense in that Super Bowl. Obviously, he's a great coordinator from when he was in Pittsburgh and now with an opportunity in Tennessee. He's been known to drop some crazy stuff. He stays fresh with it. He stays new. I don't think he shows too much of the same stuff, especially up front when they're trying to do different things. We'll be prepared for it. Obviously, we experience it playing Pittsburgh. we just got to be prepared and execute and keep it simple. Now, as I mentioned before, the Packers might get two shots in the arm this week with three possible returns of James Starks and, and Jared Cook. I think I misspoke earlier. Starks missed the last five games following knee surgery. And they've been without, obviously, Starks and Eddie Lacy for the last three. So they've, they've, you know, like I mentioned in my Hot Seat podcast the other day, the Packers have been trying to run an offense without a running back. You know, good luck with that. I mean, Ty Montgomery is a heck of a player and gives you a lot of flexibility and versatility. But at the end of the day, you, you need to run the ball, you know, because, the, you know, play action is where you get your big plays. And if you, if you can't run it, and you can't go play action, and you're missing out on big play opportunities. And this is what, obviously, Green Bay's offense has been badly missing our big plays. Of course, can James Starks really help you out here? 
I mean, you remember when he was when he played to start the year, 24 carries, 42 yards, a 1.8 yard average. Not much to get excited about. What is to get excited about is you know he can play all three downs, and I know Montgomery's played all three downs too, and he's done okay, all things considered, in pass protection. He did give up a sack against Indy, for what it's worth. Um, but Starks is he Starks is a three down back. He's improved over the years as a pass protector. You you go back to 2014, uh, excuse me, 2015. He led the NFL in yards after the catch per catch, and he led it by a wide margin. So I mean, he's he's been a factor in the passing game, both run and pass. So he's if you can get him back, oh God, if it's even for 20 plays a game, it's 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 be a, a big boost. And then at, then at tight end too, Cook hadn't done much either in, in two games plus a quarter, six catches, 53 yards in that short span, but. The Packers are not seeing nothing but man-to-man coverage. And he's the one guy who can beat it with consistency because he's bigger than everybody else and he's faster than the guys he's covering. This is what quarterback Aaron Rodgers said yesterday. He's athletic. He has great speed. So he's a big body running down the middle. He's also good at the point of attack, a good blocker, has good agility with the ball in his hand. We're looking forward to getting him back out there at some point. I think what's noteworthy here is, is Tennessee's vulnerable in both spots. For the year, the Titans are 18th with 4.21 yards per carry. But last week against the Chargers, they gave 203 yards. So I think you can you can get some run game stuff there. And plus, you got to run the ball to, to slow down a really good pass rush. And with Cook, you know, the Titans the last three weeks have given up 28 receptions to tight ends and a touchdown in each of those games. So they've been exploited by tight ends. And a bit vulnerable against the run, so getting Starks and and Cookback would be would be big. Tennessee's front seven, in Mike McCarthy's terminology, exceptional. It starts up front with with Jarrell Casey, a defensive end. He's a lot like uh, Mike Daniels of the Packers. Undersized, but wins with leverage and tenacity. He is he is a top ten defensive tackle in the league. I mean, so I mean, he's just like Daniels. Him and Daniels are in the same boat. Has real, real standouts. He's got a, he's got three sacks this year. Uh, Casey does. The other starters up front: defensive end Daquan Jones, six four three twenty two, and the nose tackles Al Woods. He was on Green Bay's free agent radar, radar a few years back. That's right. The Packers had somebody on their free agent radar. Write that <laughs> write that down. Um, he's kind of like Troy Guyon in the fact that he's not super big. Um, where Woods wins is. 36-inch arms, and that's not guy unlike, but he is a, a long-limbed guy who wins by keeping blockers at bay. At inside linebacker, Avery Williamson, 69 tackles and two sacks. He's he's by far their best guy, by far their leading tackler. The key guys up front, they're outside linebackers, Brian Arakpo and Derek Morgan. A pair of first-round draft picks um, combined. Those guys have 12 and a half sacks. Great matchups there. Brian Balaga and, and David Bakhtari have been tremendous this year. Pro Football Focus had a, a stat on Twitter on Wednesday night where, uh, as far as pass blocking goes, those guys, uh, Bakhtari and Balaga, the third and fourth best offensive tackles in the entire NFL. So uh, high praise from Pro Football Focus scouting metrics there. If they can protect... God, you hate to say this, too, because he, I said the same thing last week about Indy's secondary, but if you can protect, I think you, I think you can make plays against Tennessee's secondary. The cornerbacks are Parrish Cox and Jason McCourty. You know, not 
not great guys, to be honest with you. They, they both have two interceptions, and they're, and they're second and third on the team in interceptions. I mean, not interceptions, in tackles. If that tells you something, right? I mean, you don't, you don't want your corners giving up a lot of tackles, and they have. In the slot, it's Bryce McCain. Another, another guy who can be at, he's, he's undersized at 5'9 and change. Plays with his hands way too much. Five penalties this year, including three in the last three weeks. And at their best safety, rookie Kevin Byard. Um, pretty good in coverage, but he's really made his presence felt at the line of scrimmage. He's got four tackles for losses this year. So, again, this is kind of the same deal as the last two weeks, where if Green Bay can protect, there's plays to be made in the secondary. Let's just see if Green Bay's guys can actually make plays. They, they made them against Atlanta and won, or almost won. And they didn't make them in Indianapolis, then they didn't make them against Indianapolis and lost. So this will be a big game for Packer skill guys to take advantage of some matchups. And that takes us to third down, and that'd be Green Bay's defense against Tennessee's offense. The Titans ranked 12th with 24.1 points per game. That doesn't tell the whole story. Kind of a tale of two halves. Well, actually, it'd be a tale of two quarters of the season, I guess. In Tennessee's first four games, they didn't score more than 20. Tennessee's last five games. They haven't scored less than 26. The star performers here, running back DeMarco Murray and second-year quarterback Marcus Mariota. Green Bay's run defense has been great. They are first and second in the league in, in rushing yards allowed and rushing yards allowed per carry. But the last time they faced a great running attack, and that was against Dallas, and you know what happened in that game, where Ezekiel Elliott had a big game and the O-line dominated the Packers group up front. Well, Tennessee, number three in the NFL, with 144.2 rushing yards per game. DeMarco Murray with the Cowboys in 2014 was the NFL rushing champion by like 400 yards. I mean, it wasn't even close. Then he wound up in Philadelphia last year. Didn't do much there. Philly traded him to Tennessee mostly to get rid of the, uh, to get rid of the salary. Then they got back a, a couple of uh, kicking footballs in return on that trade. Well, Murray's back to being Murray. 807 rushing yards, a 4.6-yard average. Not only that, but he leads the team with 35 catches, which is a kind of a damning statement about Tennessee's pass catchers. But he's been terrific when a touchdown machine. Uh, the other running back is rookie Derrick Henry. Kind of the, the uh, latest big running back from Alabama's running back factory. He's got 221 yards. Uh, I assume he's going to be silent with that calf injury, though. So it's going to be a, a lot of Murray on Sunday. You know, getting, I, asked, uh, I asked Titans coach Mike Malarkey about Murray during our conference call on Wednesday. Mark, he said, a little bit surprised how well of a receiver he is out of the backfield. I thought he was, but watching him now and being around him, it's really been impressive. And really his ability and protections and his step up and block, that too is a little bit surprising to me. He's everything we hoped. Tough, physical runner that we were looking for in this offense. If Murray is the star of this show, and he is, then Mariota is the face of this franchise. Remember, he remembers a couple years ago was him or Jameis Winston is the number one pick at overall and, and end up being Winston to, ta- Winston to Tampa Bay number one. Personally, I would have taken Mariota every day of the week and twice on Sunday, and Mariota's played very well this year. 63.2% completion percentage, 2,187 yards, 17 touchdowns, 8 picks. So not great stuff as far as uh, the touchdowns and interception ratio, but he's, he's an improving guy who's really impressed Coach Mike McCarthy. And you got to rush that guy at your own peril. 6.7 yards per carry, 235 yards. And, and similar to Aaron Rodgers, obviously a better athlete than Rodgers, but similar to, you know, he's seeing a lot of defenses where 
you're sending extra rushers to, to block um, gaps in the, in the line so he can't run. Or you're seeing a spy, which is taking basically takes a guy either out of the rush or out of the coverage. So that way, you're, you're kind of playing 11 against 10 and a half. So he's been a hell of a good player. McCarthy said, talented football player. I like the way he moves. I like the way he plays the game. Obviously, I have a preference for quarterbacks that can play in the pocket and out of the pocket. He has the dynamic to do both, especially with their run game. The way they run the football and the things they do off the run game, it'll be a big challenge. I mentioned Murray being the leading uh, receiver a minute ago. That's because the receivers uh, are not good. You know, I, <laughs> I had to check. I had to go to. I had to go online to see who the receivers were. We were talking to Mariota during his uh, conference call, and I had forgotten to do any research on the receivers. Well, shoot, I mean, they don't. I had to go look. I didn't know who they were. I saw there was some guy named Matthews was like number three in receiver in receptions, and some guy named Sharp, which I knew Sharp was. It's like number five or six receivers. Uh, Matthews is Rashard Matthews or Rashad Matthews, excuse me. Um, a six foot guy, you know, 30, 30 odd catches, not, not super explosive. And then the, the sharp is, is Ricky Taj Sharp. Um, caught a million passes at UMass. I mean, a million, I mean, like 120, I believe. He caught a lot of passes there, super productive. Scouts loved him besides his hands. He's got super small hands. And they kind of sunk him on draft day a bit, which is obviously he didn't really drop any passes at UMass. So he's a, he's a good player, but I mean, they're. I mean, you're not facing T.Y. Hilton this week. You're not facing Julio Jones and Muhammad Sanu. This is a, a chance for Green Bay secondary to to have a, have a good game. You know, beyond Murray, you know, the, the guy to stop here is tight end Delaney Walker. Sort of, sort of that Jared Cook guy, where he's too big for a DB, too fast for you know, really anybody to, ke- to keep up with. 33 receptions, 447 yards, and four touchdowns this year for 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 Walker. I asked Mariota about him during the conference call. Mariota said, he's as fast as a lot of receivers, but he's built like a tight end. And the offensive line is tremendous as far as pass protection goes. They drafted Taylor Lewin out of Michigan in the first round in 2014. Then right tackle Jack Conklin in the first round in 2016. Lewin's been penalized eight times, but zero sacks. And get this, Conklin, zero sacks and one penalty. So, Offensive tackles who face edge rushers every single play. You know, I, one one of my favorite scouts that I talk to is now move up the personnel change personnel change with another team. And one of his things he taught me early, he says, "You know, the biggest mismatch on the field is my edge rusher against your offensive tackle." And so that that those and that those guys are going to zero sacks through nine games is amazing. Um. They're okay at guard. They, they lost Chance Warmack to IR, but Quentin Spain looks like he's going to be back. He's at a 330-pound mauler in seven games for him, two sacks, five penalties. But again, this is going to be a big game where can, can Green Bay get any interior rush from Daniels and Guyon and Pinnell or, or Julius Peppers on passing downs? Can they get some interior rush, but, yes, but yet rush you know, with some control? Mariota just can't take up the middle, so the, the, the interior pressure, and you know, in with Lou back to Lou and Conklin real quick. I think part of the zero sex factor is you have to rush Mariota so carefully. I mean, you can't you know rush up field with abandon if you're Clay Matthews and stuff. For fear that he's just going to either break outside and get around for the contain, or step up in the pocket and then get outside, like what we've seen Aaron Rodgers do so many times over the years. So I think some of that is the zero sex. I mean, some of that explains the zero sex, but. 
But still, Green Bay is going to face a heck of a challenge, pressuring and then, and then in containing Mariota. And that takes us to fourth down, and the special teams not exactly a clash of the <clears throat> Titans in this one. In my, this was Green Bay was so bad last week. I, I did my Packer Report special teams rankings again after I did them the week before. Green Bay is 22nd. They, they had fallen from 18th, so they went gone from 18th to 22nd. The Titans are 28th. They fired the coordinator last month. Based on average starting field position following kickoffs, or following kickoff coverage, excuse me, Tennessee is 28th. Green Bay, not surprisingly, after last week with the touchdown in the 61-yard return, they're 32nd. For punting, this is the first time all year that the Green Bay will have the edge here with Jake Shum. And just in the last couple weeks alone, Shum has gone from near the bottom of the league in net punt average to near the middle of the league. He's, I think he's up 11 spots over the last two weeks. His net is up to 40.3. Titans punter uh, Brett Kern, his net is only 37.8. That average has been crushed with a pair of touchdown returns they've given up. Speaking of returns, Tennessee's Mark, Mark Mariani, not impressive. He was, he was at the Bears a couple years ago, and he, he catches the ball, and he makes, this, he makes the good decisions where... You know, do you catch the ball, let it bounce, and all that stuff? But he's really no threat as a returner goes. So this is a chance for Green Bay's beleaguered, second, beleaguered special teams to actually help you win a football game. This is, I, I dare I say, a big edge to Green Bay. And as we always do here on fourth down on matchups Thursday, because the special team segment is always pretty short, got just an extra note from the locker room. And you know what? Aaron Rodgers, we all love him as, as reporters because... He's smart. He gives you good answers. And he was asked toward the end of his uh, news press conference yesterday about the election. He admitted that he was tired on Wednesday because he stayed up late to, to watch the election to see who was going to win. And this is just a great line here from Rogers on, on the election. Totally bipartisan. And it just has the feeling of, of what America hopes for here. I thought it was an important night for... Excuse me. I thought it was an important night to our country and really a message to the establishment if you're looking at it from an objective point of view. I hope as a country we can now come together and work a little better with each other. Obviously, there are some people who were, rightfully so, worried about the direction of the country. But I think it's an important time for us that we come together and figure out how to work with each other. You know what? In, in Rogers is right. This country is a mess. And I, I'm not even going to talk about the the politics part of this with health care and the debt and and all and all that stuff. I'm not even gonna go down that road, but this the people of this country are a mess. If you go on Twitter, you know it. it the people are it, the hatred for people, you know, if you're a if you're a liberal you get killed by conservatives and if you're a conservative you get killed by liberals and you know you know either way you're made to act like you're you're the biggest idiot on earth and and only my political team is, is the right team, and you know, any, you know, the conservatives are Nazis, and and, uh, and all that. It is just the hatred is unbelievable. I mean, it's really, really sad that our country has been split into two sides, and you know, it's and then you know, that's that's I'm mean, getting into you know the, the state of the nation for minorities, and it's just it's a bad, bad time for our country. And here's what Rogers said. Again, this is great stuff from Rogers, and you hope you hope it turns out like this. He goes, "This is the power of sports." He's asked about here, and Rogers says, "I think when he saw President Bush throw out the first pitch after 
I just remember that was a powerful time for our country to say, hey, we're moving on. We're getting past this. Sports can do that for you at times. But as a country, you saw last night, there wasn't a 50% majority winner. It's a two-party system. There's binary systems that are built up in this country all over the place to divide us. And I think it's important, especially in this time with our election, that we learn how to work with each other. Sports can bring people together and break down the initial barriers. Obviously, it's on a way different scale. You're talking about running a country compared to providing entertainment for people. But we do love the opportunity to do what we do and inspire people. And hope we can all move forward together and get this going in the right direction. I got nothing else to add, people. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.